everybody. Welcome to another episode of the AroundTable.ca podcast. I am your gracious host, Grandmaster Philly Phil, and here I'm joined by our, our regulars, Stephen, uh, Johnny, and Dino, the Three Musketeers. And um, how are you guys doing? Not bad. Not bad. How about you guys? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's, it's a, it's we're a, looking for our fourth Musketeer, which is you, Philip. Yes, I'm. I'm the. I'm the. The secret one. Yeah. If somebody dies, I'm the replacement. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure for anybody to die right now. But uh... Uh, all right. So, um, so this week uh, our topic is. Um, so through history, um, there's many groups that have changed band members through the years and um and some people consider them these new members either part of the group or some of them uh they never really come out of the shadow of the original band members and never really you know it never really works out um what we're going to discuss a little bit on how what our thoughts are on um if we think that a band member that gets replaced is part of the group or 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 not uh, depending on, on on the situation, so uh, take it away, guys. Who wants to go first? Well, I could just get I could just give you my opinion in general. How dare you? Some... <laughs> well, I find a replacement member is part of the history of the band. So yeah, they they replace it. He's not an original member, but he's part of that band now, and they should be included. And anything, any accomplishment that the the band gets. So if they get in, inducted in the Hall of Fame, they should be included because they're part of the band. Um, that's basically my take on it. And anyone that says only original ba band members uh, should be uh, viewed as the only members of the band, I think they're wrong. I think their vision of of an actual band, I think it's completely wrong. What do you guys think? Okay, I'll go second because I know Steven has a whole world of work. I say yes and no. It depends. If if the guy who enters the band contributes by writing songs, uh, the lyrics and everything, then I agree he does deserve to be referred as part of that group. If he's just there, I mean, just following notes, how to, how to do the G-string and do the this thing and then that play that thing, not G-string. No, yeah, yeah, you know, you say, yeah. What kind of band are you talking about? <laughs> no, putting certain strings. This is, this is a family-friendly. No, but I'm just saying. So solid. the guy could be. He's a he's a cover he's a cover band uh, uh, band member. Like he's, he's a hired he's, hand. Basically. Yeah, hired hand because he's just doing his job and punching the card and he's leaving. But if the guy is kind of getting involved in writing the music, the lyrics, and everything. That's a different, complete story. So to me, it, it, it's the group who decides. Is he really an importance of the group, or 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 is he not? And that's the way I look at it. So if the guy is just there doing doing his job as a guitarist or a bass, and he doesn't contribute nothing to the to the group, then no, he doesn't deserve to to be acknowledged as a a real member. If he gets involved, story, then yes, that's my intake. So who's going to go next? Philly Phil. Sure. Um... I kind of agree with uh, with John on this one. Um, the, it really depends. You know, you can get take any example of any type of band that's replaced. 
uh, people in the in the band, and it really depends. So sometimes the band will officially announce, "Hey, we're replacing this person," like a David Lee Roth or a you know Sammy Hagar um, and Gary Sharon, right? The band says we're replacing our singer with so and so, or we're replacing the bassist with this. Uh, Kiss has done the same thing un- unofficially. Um, they were boycotting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a while because of that. Um, they were, um, they wanted to incorporate all the new members in the band, uh, as part of the history, a bit to what Dino was saying, alluding to before. Um, to me personally, it really is a perception thing. Um, there's some bands where I just can't get in my mind that they've been with the band for 20 years and to me it just doesn't fit. So like, um... Metallica, they they replaced their bassist like what ten years ago, fifteen years ago, yeah, fifteen I think, yeah, something like that. Uh, right after Reload, I think that was his last album. I even forgot his name. It's uh, it's I'm a bad I'm a bad uh, my, I have a memory of a goldfish. Anyway, so they replaced him, right? And he's been <laughs> he's been part of the group for the new guy has been part of the group. Well, new, he's been part of the group for like fifteen years. I yeah, he's part of the group, but he doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't. Like yeah, they come. They keep coming out with albums, and that's that's fine, right? Um, there's other other groups where they replace people in in the group, and it doesn't make a huge difference. So yeah, frontman obviously um, is is big, but I'll give an example. Um, Queen, um, you know, they still tour. Um, I think, I believe Adam Lambert is still the lead, well, yes, yes, he is, but in my mind, he's not part of Queen, no, it's Queen with Adam Lambert, that's how how they promote it, though, yeah, but, but still, in my mind, even if they would come out and tell me that, you know, the new singer of Queen is Adam Lambert, to me, the, the singer of Queen will always be Freddie Mercury, so, well, and I think that's why they that's why they market it that way because people will always uh, always see Queen with Freddie Mercury. Nobody could really compare. Uh, Adam Lambert does a new Queen album and he 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 creates new songs for Queen. That's a different story. We we'll see where it goes that direction. But till now he's singing all the songs that that Freddie Mercury sang. So it's a cover. He's a, he's a cover singer. Yeah. So that's a, that's an example where I would find I would think that you know. The replacement of a of a of a band member doesn't really do anything for me. Like it's just an added whatever. Uh, one that was really big back in the '80s was uh, AC/DC, right? Uh, yeah. The original singer passed away, um, and they replaced him. And he they were even more popular after after. Um, so it really depends. I think it's really it, it's really uh, perception. Um, it really comes down to what you feel it, it is. Um, cause, um, for me, it just depends of, it doesn't really determine if I listen to the band or not, if it's a good album, uh, like, um, even Guns and Ro- Guns and Rones- Roses. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Guns and Roses. Um, you know, for the longest time, Guns and Roses was Axl Rose. Well, to me, that's not Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses includes Slash. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Agreed. So, so, 
yeah, they re- just because you're touring with that name and that you have that no, no that 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 voice that everybody recognize recognizes, um, it doesn't mean that you're that band. the The DNA there's a DNA in the band, and if the band ex- you know makes a conscious decision to say yes, we're replacing so and so with so, and he's a contributing member of the band, yeah, then I I I, I think he's he's part of the band, um, and again, you know I. Is it Kiss Alive Three that they have that map of where everybody comes from? Like yeah, where that's an insane map. Like that was an insane yeah. mosaic of like where everybody started off and where they ended up branching to and how they got influenced and how they came through. Um, that's not just you know. Um, at the same time, like if you look at the Beatles, at the beginning. They, you know, the original, the four members that you have right now is not the original four members, right? No, the obviously, the, the drummer yeah. Ringo came later. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's the Beatles that everybody knows. But there's there were changes in the band, right? So, it's, so it really depends in terms of perception, the circumstances. There's a lot of things that come into play. You can't pinpoint, in my opinion, you can't pinpoint one specific thing that says, "Oh yeah, they're part of the band or not." It's really a, a preference thing. And at the end of the day, it's it's just uh, what what you perceive, and also marketing helps too, right? So, um, like you guys were alluding to before with with Queen, so it, it really depends. It's I think it's a personal thing more than anything else. Steve, you're up. Um, I think you said everything I needed to say. Uh, I agree, it's a perception thing. Um, what got me back onto this bandwagon of talking about band members was um, an interview with D. Snyder from from Twisted Sister where he was making fun of the guitarist um, Alridge, Doug Alridge, who was in, in Whitesnake for about, uh, I think, 12 years. And they released two albums together, Good To Be Bad and Forevermore, which I thought were probably some of the best Whitesnake albums ever. And Dee Snyder kept putting these comments of, you know, what Whitesnake album of importance did you do? Uh, I hate uh, musicians who joined famous bands after their heyday, claiming they're part of those bands, and they have nothing to do with the success. Um, I think that just spearheaded this podcast for me, and I think I spoke to Dino about it when we first started a roundtable, that this was one of the catalysts of starting this thing, was like, I, I totally disagree. I think if somebody goes in there, gives you some relevant material, pushes the band forward, is part of the touring lineup, writes the songs, I think he's part of the band. Um, the other question was, how come some guys have an easier time, like uh, Sammy Agar got into Van Halen, there was a little bit of uh, controversy in the beginning, but by the second album, everybody was in. Um, same thing with ACDC, same thing with Iron Maiden, uh, you know, but it seems to be, the other one is Kiss, you know, you got Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, who've been in the band 15 to 20 years, and they're still considered hired hands of the band although they have recorded albums with them they tour with them they're part of everything you know from a to z and uh that was my other question is when do you guys consider tommy and eric part of the band you consider them hired hands when does it not become a hired hand and when are they a band member but again philip i think hit it on the nail it's perception and what you think and um I'm going to have to agree with you guys. It's just that it's an old, it's an age-old question, and I think no one's ever going to get the right answer per se. But it was just something that bothered me for a while, hearing that uh, D. Schneider comment, and uh, coming from a band that hasn't done a new album in 20 years, um, 
I'm not sure where he has the right to say that. The only thing I did agree with D. Schneider was when he said foreigner who goes on tour and there's only the bassist left and he shows up for three songs and goes backstage. That's the only time I don't think foreigner is foreigner anymore. And, um, but that's basically it. I do agree it's perception, marketing, and I guess the importance of what that person does in the band. Yeah. I, I want to say something. Because uh, I was just thinking of, of one group. Remember once was the rock star uh, was in excess, and then they, uh, they they were looking for a lead singer, and it was JD Fortune. Yeah, yeah. I see, like like him, he went inside in excess, but him he did something. He contributed by writing songs and everything. And I think, and then after they made the a world tour, they sold their 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 album or CD, how you prefer to sing. Yeah. And then they broke up because it was talk about that in excess. The other members didn't like it because. JD's fortune was getting more noticed than the other three members, and his, and the the most popular song in the CD was the one he wrote himself. So the, the, other, the other people didn't like it. But for example, if they they, they proceeded, for example, they they, they didn't they didn't break up. There'd be two three CDs later coming up, and JD Fortune wrote a lot of songs and everything. Then he is a member of an excess because he contributed the group to 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 proceed more longer in the future. I agree. And that's why I look that's at your it. Some people will always say, in excess, is, is Michael Hutchins is the singer and there's no one else. But then after, Now it's a cover band. It's like Kiss. A lot of people say that Kiss is a cover band. Now. But J.D. Fortune wrote his own songs. The, the, the CD that in excess did was yeah. all original songs. Was none, none taken. Like, cover band is what, what's, uh, what's it called? Um, the guy who's doing for Queen there. What's his name? Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. He sings all songs of Queen. He's not singing nothing that he... Yeah, but you can also say he's bringing them, because without him, they wouldn't be touring. And well, they, would they be, you know, I mean, our, I mean, Queen is always going to be, in my mind, relevant. They're a favorite band of mine. But he's he's bringing them out on the road, maybe introducing them to a new fan base, because maybe Adam Lambert fans weren't Queen fans. Or because, well, finally they found somebody who has a voice that could almost compete against uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury. Because other people didn't have, Freddie Mercury's voice is very unique. Agreed. To get a voice like him, it's very impossible. And like I, I remember, I was watching the uh, rock star in excess, and it was rock star, whatever was a multi crew after later on. And these guys will sing Queen songs. You're like, and they had great voices. But then once they sang a Queen song, oh, oh no, you you just destroy yourself. No, you can't. You can't. You need a certain specific voice. Agreed. Agreed. Like Bono, same thing with you too. You have a specific voice. If you don't have that voice, you you know make yourself look like like a like a like a like a, a experience, yeah. yeah or even worse than a cover band, like really like an amateur. Yeah. Well, the, for, well, for Queen, there was only um, there was Paul Rogers. There, there's two. There's two people that I think would have been suitable replacements, or well, I guess not even replacement to to carry on the 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 Freddie Mercury voice, Queen voice. There's that one guy that you remember when they did that before Adam Lambert came through. They were, did that competition, Queen Extravaganza, and they were looking for singers to sing with tour with Queen. And yeah. there's one yeah. guy that was from Montreal, actually. He's from DDR. Yeah. And he actually looked like Freddie Mercury, which is actually fr freaky. Um, but he sounded exactly like Freddie Mercury. And he wasn't trying to like imitate him. He just, that was his natural singing voice. Um, he would have been a great replacement. In terms of celebrity singers that have sang with Queen, 
the one that came closest that brought that brought his own way way of singing the songs, but at the same time uh, respected the songs with how Freddie Mercury sing it was um, George Michael. Yeah, George Michael sang. He sang on a couple of albums with Queen, um, and he, they did a tour at one point. There were rumors that he was supposed to be part of Queen. Blah blah blah. He would have been. I think he would have been really really good um, at that time. Um, but in addition to that, I think it comes down also to fanboys. Um, and we did a podcast, right, a few a few podcasts ago, um, you know, Sammy Hagar versus David Lee Roth, Van Halen, right? And who do we think was the better singer? Um, and there's heated debate. I mean, those are, that's a question that's been a heated debate since the 80s. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't consider Van Halen uh, without, you know, David Lee Roth. And they're set in their ways and like anything after 1984 sucks. Um, just because they don't accept the fact that, you know, Sammy Hagar came through and took the place of David Lee Roth. And there's other people that love Sammy Hagar, but they're not they're not a big fan of David Lee Roth. So right. it comes down it comes down to um the fan base, it comes down to perception. Um I mean how many man, there's so many like if you look at the eighties if you look at all the eighties groups that came out even the popular ones like Bon Jovi, which is essentially now Bon Jovi and John Bon Jovi and who's the other guy? The guy that's There's David Bryan, the keyboardist. Yeah, right. Richie Zambora, Richie Zambora is not there. Tico Torres is not no. there anymore. He's uh, not there. No, no he the got. It's Tico, the drummer, right? No, Tico Torres was the bassist. Okay, yeah, uh, he, but he, but that's a whole other story. That's he, he could, he could never play bass actually, right? Yeah. He admitted. He can't play a note. They just kept him because he's a friend. Yeah, and then, but apparently, what was soured about that was that they, they, uh, he learned about him not being in the band anymore publicly, like he heard it from like I think an interview with bon, John Bon Jovi and Richie Zambora, where he said, "Oh no, they're not part. Of, he's not part of the group anymore," and I think that soured the friendship between everyone. Mm. Um, but that was one example. But like Warrant, um, even. Before Jenny Lane uh, passed away, um, that band was a shell of its former self. It was like, I think they had only him and one other guy from the original five. Skid Row, there's no one that's the same anymore. Um, uh, Guns N' Roses, there's no one that's the same anymore. Um, well, they're not. They're, most of the original band is back, right? Yeah, but still, like, for a long time, it was just Axl Rose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, it's it's... And a lot of times, it's notoriety too. So when they go Guns N' Roses is touring, you hear Guns N' Roses, and you're like, yes, Guns N' Roses, right? Yeah. But when you go see them. Um, however, there's bands where I went to see, uh, a couple of years ago, I went to, um, we got tickets, my wife and I got tickets to uh, the closing uh, show at the Festival de Montgolfier up in Saint-Jean. And um, they, uh, you know, the original band members, there's not many. I think it's Rain Maida and I think the drummer. From what band? Our Lady Peace. Oh, okay. And, and we went to see them, and they gave a hell of a show. It was a two-and-a-half-hour show. They played all their hits. They played, all the new, they played some new stuff, too. 
Uh, they played all their, their old stuff, their old classics that you know everybody loves. But they gave a great show. But if you asked me, like it's not a band that I follow very closely, but if you ask me, how was the show? Yeah, it was great. Our Lady Peace still gives a great show. But it, half of the band is not the same anymore, right? right. So if maybe I would have a different, out, a, a different view of it if I would go and see them or, be, or if I would go and follow them, like follow their career a bit like more, like I follow Lillian Axe a lot more. I follow um, Extreme. Uh, Extreme a lot more than I follow Our Lady Peace, um, even Pearl Jam. Um, so maybe from afar it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Maybe real big fans are not you know maybe that's not why they're not top forty material anymore, right? That's why they're not there anymore because people just have that perception. Um, yeah, that's uh, as they say in the French language, c'est ça qui est ça. Yeah, so it's it, I. It's weird. There's so many. Like I was looking at. Um, actually, we were talking about this with my buddy yesterday. There's so many, and I think we we spoke about this on one podcast. I believe. Man, the old bands still can give a hell of a show. Mm-hmm. I went to see Alice Cooper. I know I've said this before, but man, the guy for sixty-five or whatever age he is, he can Pretty still open. freaking give a show, on stage. Yeah, but the the older guys. You know, they they were brought up that way. I mean, there was it's a different work ethic. There was an internet forty years ago. You had to prove yourself at that point. You know, to right. get to get a name. You know, um, now it's no more. You just can't put a you know a, something on Facebook and follow them. You had to work at it. And I think these guys working from the ground up developed the work ethic. You know, like even Paul McCartney. When I saw Paul McCartney a couple of years ago, I mean, the guy is seventy years old. And I was getting tired of watching this guy, you know, it's like, uh, doesn't drink, drink any water, doesn't, you know, I mean, the guy just kept going and going. He gives a three-hour show. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, how many guys, I've seen younger bands give up after an hour and a half? Well, I went to see, in the last, in the last year, I went to see Iron Maiden, and the opening act was Alice Cooper, which was actually pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I went to see Def Leppard. I went to see Scorpions, um, and it's debatable if you like the material or not. That's whatever. That's a personal preference. But you can't deny the showmanship of all of those bands. You know, Scorpions, the guy still walks the stage, like runs and walks the stage like like any, you know, like, like he used to do like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, Def Leppard 2... They're maybe not as active on stage, but they still engage the audience during their set. Um, Paul McCartney, best example. Uh, that guy gives a three-hour show with a 15-minute intermission in between. And he doesn't even pull a sweat. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. And, he, cool. <laughs> and, and, he's a, and he's able to pull, to pull stuff out like... Um, when he played Purple, ha- uh, Purple Haze, uh, there's a there's always a part in his in his um, for those who never go- if if anybody listening if you never had a chance to go see a Paul McCartney show, even if the the even if the show is a little bit more expensive, go please go, it's freaking worth it. I'm not you know Madonna they sell them for four hundred dollars. I would never go see the see her for that price. Uh, no. Bon Jovi for that price. I want Paul McCartney. 
wholeheartedly I would go and see him in a heartbeat. He just has, I don't know what it is, he just goes. He doesn't even have an opening act. <laughs> he just like goes on stage. Like when I went to see him, I was surprised. I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to be an opening act. No, he literally just started. He did all his hits pretty much from the Beatles through Wings, Paul McCartney and Wings and through his solo yeah. career and all yeah. the way till probably Flaming Pie. Um, um, he, he, it's, oh, wow, it's amazing. And even the older bands like Def Leppard, I was lucky enough to get tickets, so I didn't actually pay to go watch the show. But I, I, I think if they would come back and I, I would go and pay to go see them, I'm not saying full price, maybe sit in the, you know, in the middle or, or the top, uh, bowl of the bell center, but I, I would go and see them. They just, during they're, they're enjoyable to watch um i went to see the killers a couple of years ago actually no it's more than a couple of years ago it's four or five years ago now holy shit um i went to see them at metropolis in montreal it's like an open for those who don't know it's an open area where um you can um you can uh, it's standing room only first up first serve general admission and you just stand and you watch the band in the middle I swear to God, if you took paper paper cutouts, put them on the stage, take a CD, put it in, that was it. Like, they didn't bring anything new. I could have listened to the album. Like, I could have watched them on stage. It was the exact same thing. Um, there was, they didn't add any entertainment value for me. Maybe they've changed since then. But when I went to see them, they weren't that engaging. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I There's... I, I still like the I still like the old the old bands. You know, it's it's still uh, yeah, sometimes it's a nostalgia thing, but at the end like you I know, know that I know I'll be entertained. Exactly. Cuz that's the rules of their that, 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 that's those days that's where they made their money in concerts. Now the newer generation they make money from uh, from the internet and this and that, so they don't care about the. I think it's the. I think they made money on both CDs and touring at the time. But most in concerts, most in concerts, they made a lot of money. I think no. At the time, you got when there was CDs and records and vinyl, they made a lot of money. Well, the way Alice Cooper when he was when he was when he was known, there was no CD. It was albums and that's and that's yeah, but they made but they made their money. That, that's how they made their money. Yeah. And both. now today, and because of uh, the the torrenting, most of these bands, they make money only with touring. Yeah. Right now. Because like they that's said, the reality, and that's why a lot of people, a lot of artists are complaining about the streaming and the torrenting. Yeah, exactly. They're not getting royalties and not getting, and they have to, because it's, uh, it's open on, on YouTube, uh, they that's how they make their money on the tours. I'm that's why they go on world tours and stuff like that. More and more artists. I'm still of the the camp where if you release a good album, um, I'll pay for it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. one point, I'm gonna pay for it. Um, actually, something I did uh, recently, and I haven't done it in years. I actually sat down on my bed and I listened to a full album. Like, you know, the same way you would listen to a vinyl when I was a kid or, um, or uh, you know, a CD when I was in high school or whatever. I sat down <laughs> and, I, and I just listened to a full album 
and not judging the, the, the song, just letting it play and see how it flows and stuff like that. I haven't done that in years. Um, and I think that nowadays that doesn't happen as often. It's one hit. It's, it's whatever hits the ear, the, the airwaves and it's whatever, um, keeps an earworm, right? Albums per se, like they say, Oh, t uh, Taylor Swift released an album. How many people actually listen to the full album? They'll listen to the songs because there's playlists and stuff like that, and they'll see what's on top 40. But I don't think they're going to listen to the full album. And and I think it's just a, it's just a generational thing. It's yeah. it's the way that music is consumed today, which is way different as before. And the way that bands think about albums or about music is a lot different than it was. So this in the same way, a concert is gonna is not gonna be the same. Essentially, a concert was to be able to see your favorite, you know, um, your favorite band, your favorite artist, and to play their greatest hits. Essentially, and but they added the ones that were always really good. They were able to put a show. No, you would have paid that money anyways to go and see them, but the fact that you come out of that that concert saying you know what they gave me more than what i paid for is rare it's very very often you feel gypped well and i they heard the concert are very good as arcade fire imagine dragon so you know even in the olden days there were groups example when my brothers buy albums of groups and everything they had one two good songs on it and then the rest were crap like for example i was just talking to steven before we did the podcast I was I was talking about like I could listen to Led Zeppelin. I, 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 I was driving a truck to I had to do a delivery to Ottawa, so I was into Led Zeppelin. After the second turn, listening to the whole CD, I go, okay, I just want to hear the main songs that I liked. Then I, see, like now I, there's a new group that came out a year ago, the Strouts. I listened to CD three, four times in a row and didn't bother me at all. And for and and you're right, Philip, because for a long time, all the groups I used to all the other groups I used to buy the last five, six years, new groups and all that. Those two songs were good. Three, I'll give it like, a, the third one would be like a half and a half. And the rest, I just, just skipped it. Yeah, Finally, I found a group that for me, it's like, wow, it's to my, my tasting, you know? So sometimes it's because it's harder to find these groups. And that's what it is. Because don't forget, we heard so much. We, we went through a lot that we know what we want and what we don't want. So we're getting more difficult. Yes. They were coming, like, example, like, grumpy old meds. Because, example, like, once I was talking to Steven, I go, look, is it us because we find mo comedy movies less funny? Or is it because we've seen so much funny movies that all these jokes, we've seen it somewhere, give or take, that we don't find as funny because it reminds us of other sketches of other movies that we've seen in the past. So that could be an influence for the past that, that, that damages us getting very opinionated on the new uh, talents. Yeah, but listen to the Philip. Listen to the Strauss, and you tell me it's very, very uh, like from now. It's one of the great groups right now. That are the, a new group that's coming out. I find it's very good. Yeah. And now there's also a new, a new group. It's called Greta Van Fleet. Well, there's one band um, that I um, <laughs> well, actually not band album, um, and it's my one of my good buddies that let me. He's a big Gary Vetter fan, and uh, there's a an album called Ukulele from Eddie Vetter which apparently is really awesome. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but um, 
Um, he, I've been hearing only good things about it. It came out like a year or two ago, um, and he just discovered it now. Um, but it sounds really, apparently it sounds really good. So I'm going to, I'm going to listen to that. All right. So that's it for this week's episode. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, my co-hosts, the John, John, Grandmaster Mesh himself, Johnny, Johnny, uh, Mr. The, the Steven, Steve Ooch. Steve. Um, and uh, my bro, Dino. And let's not forget our sexy, sexy host and animator, Philly oh, Phil. Animator. All right, so if you guys want to reach out to us, give us feedback on, on the show, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page at aroundtable.ca. Um, we also have uh, a Twitter uh, feed where you guys can reach out to us at aroundtable um, with two R's, I believe, right? I think it's. Yes. I think that's a Twitter feed. And um, you can also reach out to us via email at allaroundtable at gmail.com. Right. And don't forget to come and visit us at aroundtable.ca. Yes. So don't forget to come and join us at uh, aroundtable.ca where you can see our reviews of comics, music, uh, movies. Um, we're, we haven't ventured into porn reviews yet, um, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think we will. Unless we do Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I think that's the closest we'll ever get. Um, <laughs> relax, relax, Phil, relax. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah, so you can go there to re see all our reviews, video games, music, movies, and uh, yeah, leave us your comments. See, tell us what you, you guys think. We also have a track of the week. And uh, leave us your comment. All right, guys, have a good week. You too. Ciao. Bye-bye. All right, ciao.